five years of asking questions. Travel, people, ideas. Yes, politics and religion. Get real with me, Rick Dancer. Almost feels like it's right. You know, like this is where I'm supposed to be. That's because this is where we're supposed to be right here on Get Real with Rick Dancer, coming to you live from Townsend, Montana. And also we're going to be in the Eugene area talking to Dr. Michael Bratlin. Our sponsors tonight are Chris Dental Family Dentistry, uh, where everyone is welcome. And they also have a denturist on staff now where if you have any kind of problems, a partial, you need a full denture, uh, they can take care of you really easily. Other sponsor tonight, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. And now Matt is doing light therapy. So a little bit into the broadcast, we're gonna show you kind of what's going on with light therapy. And then at the end, I have something from Dr. Bratlin's hygienist. Um, I've been waiting for this, and I really like this little segment we did. It's like the three mistakes people make when brushing their teeth. And I learned so much from her in doing this that it isn't even funny. And it's, it's really revolutionized the way that I brush my teeth. And so we'll be showing you a little bit of that video tonight too. But what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about a bill, a Senate bill, 819. Uh, Dr. Bratlin heard about this on Lars Larson the other day. Uh, I've heard about it through uh, the internet and things like this. And it's actually a pretty frightening piece of legislation. And Dr. Bratlin, I said, Michael, would you come on and talk to me? And here he is. He joins us now live. So, uh, Dr. Bratlin, you're kind of paying a lot of attention to uh, education these days. Not that you didn't <laughs> yeah. before, but uh, Dr. Bratlin is a candidate for the 4J school board's uh, a position, one of the positions on there. So he is paying a lot more attention to it. When you heard this bill and your wife's a teacher, so, and you already knew about the problem, but what, what's the problem? What does 819 do and why are you concerned about that? Well, first I didn't, I didn't actually even know anything about it until I heard it on Lars Larson and I talked, I heard him talk about it. And the first thing I did is I asked my wife because, you know, the bill 819 Senate Bill 819 is supposed to protect children with disabilities. So the school can't say, hey, listen, we can't handle your child. Uh, 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 the kid can't be in school or they, they have a shortened day. So I asked my wife first thing, I'm like, OK, what is this? Uh, uh, my understanding and I've read the bill uh, and what I've heard on Lars Larson is uh, it would make all the schools have to keep kids in school for the for the same amount of time everybody else gets, even if they have a disability. And that sounds great. Like, OK, yeah. Why would you be opposed to disabled children uh, not being at school? Well, the issue that my wife has and a lot of teachers have is that anybody that has uh, attention deficit disorder, uh, is diagnosed that is labeled as a disability under the American Disabilities Act. So a lot of these kids have quote unquote disability because they have ADHD. A lot of kids just have, they don't have discipline maybe at home. They don't, they don't, they come to school, they get on chairs, they cause havoc in the classrooms and the teacher has to remove that child out of the classroom. Otherwise she's not able to focus and teach her kids, and it's very disruptive. So the biggest concern teachers have is, is that this bill passes, will it keep them, from, uh, keep them from removing a child that is causing havoc and not letting the teacher teach so the teachers can't teach and the learners can't learn? 
Because just a few weeks ago, I remember I had a, a, an email from a parent that I passed on to you. And she was saying that they have children that are just totally disrupting the classes. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that the teachers can do at this point. They feel like there's nothing they can do. So this ADHD is, is making the, because when you first wrote it and I first read the bill, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, well, you know, because I'm, I'm a big guy and I know you are too, in terms of people with disabilities, making sure yeah. people are treated fairly. No, of course. These are, these are, these are kids with, with uh, more emotional kind of issues, disability kind of things. And they're disrupting the mm -hmm. classroom. They are in, uh, you can't disrupt the class and you, you need to bring it, you know, it's okay to bring in helpers that can help that kid. But we have to remember, we have to focus on teaching our kids and having a positive learning environment. And if the kids can't learn because the kids flipping out, rolling around, um, uh, getting on desks, throwing things. I mean, my wife has had kids that have tossed over tables and it's just not her. She's had a lot of teachers, the same story, kids that go running out of class, they crawl, they, they make loud noises. And we have to, teachers have to know that the administration and the board has their back and that if there is a kid disruptive, then, then, uh, then we'll, the teacher, teachers are trying to do everything they can to keep that kid in the class because their job is to teach. But if they can, if they can't get the kid under control, then they need to have an alternative. And that would be different classroom, might be, you know, it might be schooling at a home. Um, uh, one, th one thing I've heard repeatedly from teachers is what happens is you have a kid that's misbehaved and uh, terrible, you know, just, just causes problems. So the teacher will call the parents. Parents will say they have attention deficit disorder. Um, um, and usually they go to a physician. Physicians will literally, I think, uh, I'm not speaking as a physician because I'm a dentist, but I think a lot of physicians will write that off as, oh, yeah, they have it. Because I think a lot of kids do have attention deficit disorder. I'm sure I did. <laughs> I had a hard time sitting still. But I also knew there's consequences for my actions. And these kids are not having, there's not a lot of consequences uh, for these kids' bad behavior. So Shelly says, my oldest was this way, but the school, oops, sorry, uh, there. But the school she used to go to had a specific classroom for those kids. The room was the most people looked, the most people looked chaotic, but the teacher was trained to handle this. Yeah. Which is yeah. really an ideal situation because that way the other kids the concern is they, that you want the, the person with the ADHD to be handled properly in a yeah. room that's with a teacher that knows how to handle that. But but all the other kids, too, you're disrupting their education. And and so this bill, what would it do, Michael? Does this make it so that they are forced to that there's like one way to do this now? Or well, what? from my understanding, I've read the bill and I've heard certain discussions on it and I could be wrong, but my understanding is if this passes, because it's already gone through the Senate and now has to go through the House, if it's passed, it will handicap all the school districts and all the teachers. They will not be able to remove because if a parent says, no, I don't consent my to my kid being out of school or maybe being in an alternative classroom, uh, I want my kid in that classroom, it handicaps because the, the teacher can get punished um, and the school will get the school will get punished by lack of, you know, uh, they, they'll, they'll start cutting funds from the state. And I don't know, I don't like I don't like this for a lot of reasons, but I also don't like the fact that you have you, you don't give the control back to the local school districts. If a local school district decides, hey, that's what we want. That's great. 
But if I'm on the 4J school board and we're like, no, this is not, this is not good for our teachers and not good for our kids. We should be able to say, no, we're going to find, we're, we're going to make these kids accountable and we're going to find places for them to be teachers that can handle it. Uh, I've talked to teachers that are right out of college and they go teaching and they don't, they don't have the skills yet. A lot of them don't have the skills to be able to deal with unruly kids in their classroom. They're learning, try, they're learning how to teach, and now they have to deal with uh, kids that are way out of control. And and it goes hand in hand with a lot of these parents that don't don't they don't um, they, they 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 coddle their children, and the children need to be accountable. And if they're not accountable at home, at least they have to be accountable at school. Because a lot, a lot, of, there's not a lot of these, you know, unruly kids, but I think there's enough of them, and and, it, and most of them, the parents are coddling them, and so I've had unruly kids myself, and I've gotten phone calls from my schools, uh, the schools, and I put a stop to it, took away their phone, I grounded them, I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, I've had those issues, and parents need to respect the teachers and put a stop to their kids' bad behaviors in the classroom. Uh, Tom and Wendy Williams said this has been happening. Oh, I know Wendy too. She works at uh, Mount Vernon Elementary in Springfield. Uh, it's been happening for the last five years at least. The solution was to clear the room of all the other kids and reward the bad behavior with treats just to settle them down. Yep. Yep. I hear that over and over again from teachers all around the district uh, that there is a hey, let's let's show the bad, bad let's show the kid that has bad behavior. Let's show them a reward. Let's show them how to be positive. And and really, honestly, and I, I, my kids have said this so many times, where the the kid that's always in trouble gets rewarded. He gets more play time than anybody else, more recess time than anybody else, because he has one moment of being good, and the teacher rewards them. And it's not working. That 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 philosophy, that way of uh, calling our children. Uh, is not working. And I, I worry about what is going to happen when these kids grow up. These are kids that have been coddled all their life, their bad behavior. How are they going to integrate into society and be a contributor? Be a contributor? Uh, are they just going to be in trouble the rest of their life? Well, it does make you wonder, too, where we can't find people, um, you know, to work. Uh, <laughs> we're having trouble right now with, the, you know, getting people to even go back to work. And what are we teaching kids? If you're in a class and there's 30 kids and one gets all this attention for doing bad stuff or misbehaving, I guess we can't yeah. even call it bad behavior anymore. We call it, but, but, but disrupting the class. What does that teach the other 29 kids in that class? Well, yeah, well, for one, it's not teaching anything. Well, it's teaching because the, the teachers are not teaching. Uh, and that goes back. Uh, it's teaching it's teaching the, the, the kid that has bad behavior that, that he might as well keep it because he gets rewarded. Uh, uh, he doesn't have to do the homework. He doesn't have to do, he doesn't have to participate like everybody else, but he still gets rewards. And he gets, a, actually, they get more rewards than typically the good behaved kids. I've heard that time and time again from my kids. So, okay. It, Go ahead. So we're, we're, I'm going to take a break real quick here. When we come back, um, Michael, I want to talk to you about, there was a new poll in the Wall Street Journal today that kind of ties in with all of this. So I'm going to uh, hang on just a second. Did you know that light therapy could alleviate your pain? There's been over 60 years of study into light therapy. Blue light really works well with the skin. 
red light penetrates down into the muscles to really help with muscle recovery from workouts. Infrared can go bone deep through the skull into the brain and can help promote blood flow, which can help with mental mental clarity. Some new light pads, they're called the deep light therapy pads. They're infrared only. They're really good for targeting areas of the body to really get deep penetration into large muscles, down to the bones, work with muscle soreness and joint pain alleviation. And that's Matt with New Leaf Hyperbarian Wellness Center. And the first time you go in, you can save 50% on the first round. So, and I'll tell you what that light therapy, <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I did it after a workout and it really did relax me. So Michael, we have a question from Shelly again. Um, okay. She says, interesting, not all kids that need to settle down are bad kids, nor does it mean they don't get home and structure though. Um, and I can tell you, Shelly gives a lot of structure. So what do you do about those kids, the kids that fall between the cracks that are, are that do get structure at home, but aren't, but still are going to act up because of their ADHD? No, but you still have to, you still have to have teachers that could take control of the, the classroom that if somebody, and I was one of those kids, I, I couldn't sit still. Uh, uh, I responded better when I was younger by teachers that were very caring and loving, but they were like, no, knock it off. Um, I knew the teacher, you know, the teachers that were loosey goosey and that could get away with things. Um, obviously I, I probably wasn't as well behaved, but you're right. Like the, there is a lot of kids that might have structure home, uh, but that's where the, the, the communication between the, the teacher and the parent happens. And, 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 and yeah, go ahead. And keep it on the local level. So you don't have a state law saying, here's the blanket. Here's how everybody handles it. Instead, it becomes between the school and Shelly and her child. And they come up with a plan on what's going to work. That's not going to disrupt the class. Yeah. But if you have a, your concern and my concern as well, whenever you get the, the, the legislature involved, you get this blanket plan that's going to come in. And here's how everybody has to do it. And it doesn't work for everybody. So the more we can personalize it, and get things back. As you're running for the school board, do you realize how how much um, local control has been lost? Are you seeing that with what you're doing? Oh yeah, like there's a lot of like it just. Uh, I don't know I, I feel like the that more decisions should be made by the school board than coming from the state, and and then which is kind of nice. It's kind of like what happened with COVID, you know, mass mandates and and uh, restrictions. You had some states, luckily, like Texas and especially Florida, that didn't have, that didn't have, didn't, they, they weren't, they weren't required to lock down like the other. They, it, they, they were able to do what they wanted to do. Uh, and we saw that it was actually very effective in certain states. And so I think it's important to have different districts. You have different areas in Oregon that have the, uh, different school districts that do different things. And then you can look at it and you can take a step back and go, okay, wow, this is how they approached it. And they have better results. The number one thing that we need right now, our, our test scores are horrible. Uh, our graduation, our gra yes. Our graduation rates are horrible. So we're doing something wrong and whenever we do something wrong we need to take a step back and evaluate everything and the first thing to me would be hey how are the teachers teaching if they can't teach because there's a lot of disruptive kids in the class and not a lot i, I think there's always just a handful of these kids um, and if the parents are not receptive and i'm not talking about the parents that are a lot of the parents that, that you know they, that when the kids home 
um, they, they, you know, they have guidelines for the kids and, and their structure at the home. Those are those parents are very receptive when a teacher calls them, say, hey, listen, Bobby's having an issue. And 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 they might be having Bobby come in, you know, Bobby's parents come in the classroom to observe it. You know, they're very receptive. But there's a there's a handful of teach uh, of parents that their kids are horrible in the classroom and they make excuses for everything. And they don't want to they don't want to uh, have a, a good open dialogue and communication with the teacher. They blame everything on the teacher or the, uh, the other kids. They don't take their own accountability for their kids' actions. That's why a law like this is bad because we have to we have to make kids accountable, even once it can't sit still. You know, the, um, we 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 got it. We have to have a better learning environment. Uh, otherwise, our test scores and our graduation rates are just going to go in the dumps. And we don't have enough teachers. This is a. I don't know if this anybody ever talked to a teacher when they were coming up with this law, but this is. There's so many teachers that are leaving the profession right now because they can't handle it. And the number one thing they keep on telling me, and I've talked to a lot of teachers, is classrooms are out of control. The administration and board doesn't have their back. This is not helping that situation. And I've heard teachers say that they don't feel safe in the class in the school, the classroom. Oh yeah, so, if I was if I was a Call a high school kid, a teacher. Some of these kids are a lot bigger than me, and you and you watch these viral. These videos have gone viral, uh, and I actually turned off my Twitter that day because I couldn't stand anymore. I couldn't stand watching a teacher just get hit in the face uh, by a, by a kid, and it's really common throughout the United States. Another reason for uh, uh, resource 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 officers being back in schools. Oh, that's a good thing to talk to you about. So we just had a shooting in Nashville that breaks my heart. Three nine-year-old kids and three 60-year-old um, adults, probably teachers. I haven't paid attention today. Um, you know, gunned down uh, by a former student who was 28. And um, they did not have a resource officer in the school. Um, Eugene has pulled the resource officers for, from its schools. What is the... What is the logic about not having a resource officer when something like this could and potentially will happen? I don't think it's logical at all. And that's why I want to be on the school board, because we have to get resource officers back in the schools. If you talk to most kids that go to uh, 4J school, and I've talked to quite a few kids, uh, they like the resource officers. Um, uh, and, and teachers actually do, too, because it, it makes them feel safer. So to have a policeman on the on the school grounds with a gun to be able to defend if there's a shooter, you know, the one in Tennessee, uh, I think it took t six minutes to 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 uh, to stop her. Uh, uh, if you have a resource officer on the in the school and their and they their job is to stop the gunman, it could be stopped within minutes and we can save lives we're going to have unfortunately we're going to have another shooting in, in oregon at some point whether it's a year from now or 20 years from now we will have it and unfortunately it will be after the shooting and all these people die that the schools will now then they'll push for resource officers back in the schools i say hey why don't we not wait for something bad to happen let's get the resource officers back in the schools immediately so there was a wall street journal poll done and for those people out there watching that want to see this from yourselves, um, if you're cheap like me, I don't subscribe to the Wall Street Journal because I'm not going to pay for the, most of the garbage they put in there. <laughs> but on the New York Post, they have the articles up and it's free. 
But today, so here's the, here's the, I just want to give you some statistics. I think this is really interesting. In 1998, 70% of Americans polled thought that patriotism was very important. Today, 38%. Faith, like a religious faith, uh, back in 98, 62% thought it was very important. Now it's 39%. Raising kids. How important is that? Back then, it was 59%. Now it's in half, 30%. And community involvement. In 2019, 2019, it was 62%. And today, it's 27% think involvement in your community is important. Wow. So that just that little figure there, Michael, that little figure on community right there, that happened from 2019, right 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 when COVID was getting coming in, in. And now look at it there. We have taught one of the, one of the ramifications of our decision to scare the shit out of everybody has, has reduced 30% in half that what people feel is important about their community to be involved in well, their community. That's there's disgusting. probably a lot of people that are just thinking, yeah, they, they buy, think how many people look around, like I'm not gonna help out society anymore. Uh, they're unpatriotic. They don't believe in America. Uh, they tell they they're shouting that all the cops are bad that everybody's racist you know i i can't understand thinking hey i don't want to help anybody else in the community anymore because why because uh, we're, we're told how bad we are constantly i had a live earlier i was doing a live on another channel uh, just a short little blurb i was doing had a bunch of people on there uh, several thousand and i said something about um this survey and some, and I said, you know, I think America is the best. The United States is the best place in the world to live. And this kid says, well, then, well, you haven't been around enough then, around mm -hmm. the world. And I said, I've traveled around the world. What, what? Yeah. Instead of instead of saying that to me, why don't you say where's better and tell me why? Which which country is better than America and why? And then he lists Sweden, da da da, all these places like that. And I said, but you never said why. And then I then I got the best question in, and I said, so where do you live? He says, well, I live in the United States. Well, if these other places are so good, why aren't you there? <laughs> and he says, well, it doesn't mean they're not better. Just if you don't think we have problems. Oh, I didn't say we didn't have problems. What I said is it's the best country in the world to live in. And that's why so many people want to come here. They're not flocking to Sweden, <laughs> you know. No, and let's be real. How diverse is Sweden? I heard this the other day on a YouTube video, and, and people always claim, "Oh, Sweden's so much better." I'm like, and they said, "You know, the, Sweden's not really that diverse. It's pretty much full of white people." <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, you're like everybody must have mentioned other places. I think America's great, and I'm sick and tired of school teachers, administration, everybody acting like America's so bad that we're so racist. I'm tired of it. And I think there's a reason why people don't want to actually help out anymore in community because they just they're sick and tired of how everybody's been painted as a racist that we're we're a horrible country. We're a great country. We need to stand for the flag and and we need to stop. We need to inspire our kids with hope of being successful, of living a great uh, that they're lucky to be in America. Not tell them how horrible we are as a society and our history is horrible. I'm fed up. I'm tired of it. And and look at all the people that are coming here. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's people want to be here because there's you can still be prosperous. And 
Uh, there's a great country song out, and I won't use the expletive, but the guy says, if you don't like it, there's the effing door. And it's like, you kind of get to this point where it's like, you know, we need to take back our schools and make them so they're representative of our parents and our community so that what happens in Paisley, Oregon is going to be different than what happens in Eugene, Oregon, because they're two different places. But that's why having local control is so important, I think. You'd be surprised, though. I, I got to tell you, I think that there's a silent majority of parents and teachers in Eugene that actually have very little to conservative values when it comes to teaching their kids. I've had a lot of people come up to me and you think that Eugene, like, okay, if you let Eugene just kind of be in control of, of, of education and everything that it would go really far to the left. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of people that just, they're so tired of politics and the racial divide. Uh, they, they just want to go back to basics and they want their kids being taught. Uh, they want their kids being taught the basics and to get out of all this, agenda dei agenda all this all this hate I, I just i feel like our kids are uh, are being constantly inundated with a bunch of hate speech about how bad we are as americans and their history and we we need to change that we need to change it uh, to inspire these kids tell them how wonderful it is to be in america how much how great opportunities they have uh, that's what we need to do we, we need we need to change our rhetoric to these kids uh, Beth Ann says Kennedy parent here and so excited about Dr. Bratlin. So. Thank you. <laughs> tell everybody, tell everybody to vote for me. I think, you know, uh, I think that there's a lot of people that, and a lot of teachers, even though the, uh, the unions probably don't like this. I think there's a lot of teachers that are going to vote for me. I think there's a lot of parents that, that just, they want to say, cause if you look at the board right now, there's seven of them. And I don't think there's any, there's one that's even close to being a conservative, um, and I'm not talking about like radical conservative. I, I'm just talking about something with a little bit more. Hey, we're not going to focus spend uh, in a three hour board meeting. We're going to spend 99 percent of it virtual signaling and talking about DEI. We need to actually get to do our job and we need to actually uh, uh, we need to evaluate the budgets. We need to uh, we need to look at the obviously we need to look at the curriculum uh, that's being taught to our kids. Uh, lots of people coming. I saying I'm already going to vote for you, Michael. Uh, here's Tom and Wendy saying, seems to me that the ones crying the loudest about things like racism are trying to draw attention away from themselves for being that way. Keeping people <laughs> yeah. in, a victim, in a victim mindset allows their agendas to go through. Yeah. And, and like, and Wendy, like, I think, um, but, but I think people are done. I mean, I think I, I, I did a video today called the cancel culture is canceled. And I think they're I think they've outworn their welcome and it's time to, you know, the same people that are telling me I'm a racist are saying we didn't can't we just come together. We need to find common yeah. ground. I, I, I don't have any common ground with evil and and yeah. your screen and your name calling and your bullying. It's like what I want is to live in a healthy community where my kids get educated about things that they need for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. um, not a trend setting thing that's going to last for 10 years and then go away. And that's what we've been focusing on all this social stuff rather than um, what, what they need educationally, you know, we, we, we focus so much on DEI in the last like five to 10 what is, years. What is DEI? I don't even know. Diversity, equity, and inclusive. Uh, oh, that's probably why I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and the problem is, is like, like, yeah, in theory, some of that's great, but not when it's your 100% of your focus. And, and when I went to the last board meeting, I was embarrassed. 
I sat there while everybody virtual signaled about how diverse they are. And I'm just tired of it. Can we just go back kind of like the 90s where everybody got along and they're always will have, you always have weird people. You always have some people that are racist. And I don't care. And, and you, you, every race has, uh, well, every race has people that are racist. I don't care. That's not America. America is great. America is a place that anybody, doesn't matter who you are, can actually be successful as long as you work hard. And we're not teaching our kids right now how to le learn. And we're not teaching them how right. to work hard. Right. And, and you know, what I think is funny is that I think the, the more people have to talk about um, their, their own diversity and their own lack of racism, the, the more they, they lack it. I always find people that talk the most about what they, what they are usually don't have anything that they're talking about. You know what I mean? And, and most of my friends- I gotta tell you a funny- Go ahead. No, I'll tell you a funny story because my son worked at McDonald's when he went to Sheldon High School. And he said, dad, the most mean people in the world that would come in and come up to me because he was taking, he would take the money. He goes, uh, uh, he goes, it was always the mid mid aged white woman with a Subaru that had in the back bumper sticker, peace, harmony with all. And he goes, these women would throw change at me. They get so pissed that, that they had to wait in line. He goes, he goes, dad, they're just, they're, they're full of anger. And those are the what's I think a lot of people that are that are leading this cause of DEI and how racist everybody is. And then I think their hearts are full of hate. They really are. They're just they're mean people. Uh, well, I, I say to people all the time when they come on and blast me about something, I'll say to you, you might want to go take that uh, kindness poster you have sitting in your lawn and yeah. take it away because you missed the mark. I, I find the same thing. And I, I since I've left Eugene, I, I, I find the exact same thing is is you. Um, it, it's that that angry attitude of uh, the peace loving. I love peace and I want yeah. this and you be nice and everybody has to do the same thing. I, it's, it's, and it's it's not like that in the rest of the world. And I think that we can change that in Oregon, too, is to get back to some common sense right. and doing things um, that, you know, like like not approving Senate Bill 819, which is going to make it more difficult for local control and parents to, of kids who are having problems to actually get the help they need. It's going to just stick a big old blanket out there on everybody and say, now you're all under the same thing. This is how we take care of everybody. And that takes care of no one. Yeah, I, I want them to take a step back and, and, and the legislation needs to get some teachers up there and they need to talk about it. Um, I've gotten some of my, I wrote an article in the uh, Oregon Catalyst about it and I, and I've sent it off and there's some people uh, in Salem that ha are reading it and we have to stop it. We need to at least stop it and, and put some, uh, some language in there to, to give controls back to the teachers so that they don't feel handicapped or handcuffed. Uh, uh, from, from removing a kid that's causing uh, it unbearable to teach. If this goes through, and teachers are forced to deal with these kids, you're going to see a huge number of people retire. It's already hard as it is. And, and these teachers feel like they don't have, the union doesn't have their back on this. The school board doesn't have their back. Guarantee if I'm on, if I'm elected and I'm on 4J school board and a teacher comes to me and they feel like they're not being backed and they have unruly kids, I will deal with it. We will, we will get things done. And I think there's, I think there's enough people uh, that want to see change in our schools that even the current board, if it's only me that's only conservative, I'm still going to speak out and we're, we're going to get things done. 
All right, Dr. Michael Bratlin, thank you for first supporting us and also just for uh, supporting your community and running. I mean, uh, it takes guts. <laughs> you learn, you're learning real fast what this is all yeah. about, aren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, definitely, definitely a challenge so far, but well, you're doing it's, well. it's fun. Hang in there. All right, thanks, Michael. All right, again, Dr. Michael Bratlin, and you guys, it doesn't matter how you vote. And so if you, if, you should contact your legislature and the House, it's going to the House. It's already been through the Senate and passed. It's Senate Bill 819. And you contact your local House representative and you tell them, I don't want this to go through. Do that for your teachers and other people. Now, real quick, this is Dr. Bratlin's hygienist. I put together this video the other day. It's super fun, but it's helpful. I really did learn a lot from this. Watch. And joining me now is Liz Maxson. She's a dental hygienist for Dr. Bratlin at Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center. Well, the first thing is I always say, I don't think patients brush long enough. The brush doesn't have enough time to get in there and clean all of those surfaces really well because most patients kind of do a side to side and they'll start here and then they'll come over here and you end up missing a lot of tooth surfaces. Going down, I, I like to tell patients that it should almost be kind of relaxing. It's almost like a meditation thing you know we should really be slowing down taking our time starting on one side and very slowly working our way to the other side so what's the number two what's the second thing you see the biggest mistake people make hmm, I would say um, probably brushing too hard that's the second thing where patients say oh you know I'm super super aggressive and then they have recession everywhere and it you know they're having all these issues not brushing too hard and using a soft brush. Sometimes patients will ask me, oh, should I, you know, I need to brush better. Do I need to get a hard bristle brush versus a soft bristle brush? And I say, absolutely not. And what's the third biggest mistake? Oh man, I want to say not flossing. Well, then <laughs> not flossing. You're the expert. Yeah. yeah. Not, or and at least not getting something in between the teeth, getting something interproximally. Um, because the reality is teeth touch like this. And so you can brush around the tooth, but you can't get in between the teeth. Um, and most people, when they get cavities, they get cavities in between the teeth because they don't floss. We see it with teenagers all the time. Teenagers are such a big culprit of this where they don't floss. And so they get tons of cavities everywhere, but especially in between the teeth. All right. And again, thank you, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center for your sponsorship and Dr. Bratlin with Chris Dental Family Dentistry. Okay, tomorrow night, have a great story for us. A uh, young man I met a couple of years ago started a business just helping people clean up their houses and kind of doing odd jobs. Uh, family notified me. His mother was uh, an addict um, and she ended up dying. Well, he has two, just recently, he has two step siblings. Um, like nine or seven, somewhere around there. This kid is 20. Well, he's trying to adopt them. That all I got to say. He's an amazing young man and he's 20 years old. And his goal is to adopt his brothers, stepbrothers, so that he can take care of them um, for the rest of their lives. And I find that outstanding and what we need to see more of in our world. So, that will, he will be live with us tomorrow night. Um, and I'm really excited for you to see that. 
so tune in and uh, share this on your page so other people in the 4J district can see this and know what's going on. Uh, we had teachers in our school that transitioned and you would never know that they were a woman that transitioned to a man. Huh, that's interesting, Wendy. That would be an interesting show too. All right, share this on your page. We'll talk to you later. Have a good night.